Welcome to episode seven of Alienation. I've got my homie A-Dub on the podcast today. Uh, what he, is my, my man introduced me to the Four Agreements, which everybody knows is a big, uh, big part of my life. But go ahead, A-Dub. Uh, tell people how we met and uh, let them know a little bit about yourself. Oh, man, that's a long story, but uh, long story short, um, life brought us together at just the right time. Um, I was a camp counselor um, at this beautiful program called Jacob's Letter, and uh, one of my young disciples, um, one of the young cats that I put under my wing and tried to help as much as I could, his name is Tyrell. Um, we call him Tyrese. Um, he went to school with Garnet. Uh, or as we know as G, and um, we're introduced. And uh, what was the other question? And yeah, I mean, maybe just a little bit about yourself and like, you know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. my upbringing and religion and whatnot. Yeah, like, and how, how, I mean, basically, you know, like, how, what brought you to the four agreements? Okay, um, so yeah, I was uh, born and raised by some hippies. Um, you know, I was actually blessed to be raised Buddhist. Uh, my mom is um, a Buddhist. She's from, J- from Japan. And my dad's actually full Christian, or at least raised in the Christian church. So I was raised with a lot of different um, views on life and was able to see things from different perspectives. Um, as of now, I if I had to put a label on my religion per se, it would be, uh, I'd be a Rasta Buddhist. You know, I was raised Buddhist, um, but I grew up Rasta. You know, I, my, my earlier years uh, was influenced by Buddhism. Uh, my upbringing my, uh, was kind of Christian, kind of God influenced per se, but like, I really found there a lot of Rasta teachings to be more my style, I guess. So if I had to say my religion would be Rasta Buddhist, but um, but yeah, I'm here now, just chilling. Um, I'm sorry. So also right now I'm I'm kind of uh, delirious, which is it could be beneficial <laughs> to be real, but it's also um, detrimental in the sense that I'm kind of uh, kind of loopy. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I, love, I love you, man. I'm glad you know life brought us together, but you're gonna have to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, dude. Uh, the one. Oh the, yeah, no, no, no. The four no, agreements. The four agreements. Yeah. The four agreements. Um, most of my life before the group four agreements was just kind of just going. You know, I I kind of just I went with life, and whatever happened to me, I I happened to be. You know, I dealt with it and I just went with it. But at the four kind of found me, and it's kind of a funny story. Um, I guess not that funny, but it's kind of cool. Uh, I was with this woman, and um, you know, at that time in my life, I thought it was life and it was meant to be, and blah, blah, blah. And one year for my birthday, um, she went to Barnes and Noble, and she was looking for a book for me, um, looking for something that I would like. And when she first, and she, this is from her story. Um, she says that she walks in to the Barnes and Noble, not really knowing what to get me. And she sees the book out of the corner of her eye. The four agreements. Um, 
And she, she was kind of drawn to it because the cover of the book kind of looks like a weed plant. And, you know, she knows my, my love for the marijuana plant. And, you know, marijuana is pretty much my religion now, if I had to say a group besides Rasta Buddhism. But, and she saw it, and she picked it up and looked at it. And she was like, oh, you know, that's cool. He might like that. Um, she put it down. Walked around for a little while. Um, she went to the self-help section and saw the book again. Um, and she was like, oh, wow, that's the same book from earlier. That's kind of cool. Uh, he might like that. And, but she put it back down again. And then she kept on you know, wandering around, perusing the bookstore, and she couldn't really find anything that she really liked, or she said anything that she knew that I would like. Um, and so she was about to leave. Um, on the way out, she saw the book again in a whole different area that was not anywhere near to where the book should be. And she was like, okay, that's the third time I've seen the book. I'm going to get it. And so like, in, in, in a sense, like the book found me. Um, and like... When, when she gave it to me, um, I didn't really give it a light of day because it was a, it was a fucking book, you know. Like it's my birthday, you know. I want fucking money, fucking <laughs> toys, or like a blowjob, no, you know. What I'm <laughs> and, but I got a fucking book, and it was kind of cool. But you had, you had so, no idea. I had no idea what it was about. And um, a few weeks later, go by, and I, I pick it up, and like from the first page pretty much I was like in trance and it just sucked me in and like it opened up a side to me that like I knew it was there and I, I had felt like needed to be brought out and like I knew that I was pushing for it but I didn't really like have in any inclination or idea that like or feeling like to know like I didn't know what or how I was gonna you know make this side of me come out that I knew needed to come out. And the program is, is what it was. And like, I remember the first time I read it, it took me almost like six weeks of like, or two months, two months of really like being involved, reading it almost every day. And like, sometimes I would read one sentence and just have to put it down and like meditate slash just think about it for a whole day or two before I can get back to it, you know? So after the first, how I read it, it just became like my lifestyle, you know. And I was like, that was 2003, so like it's been, you know, 17, 18 years that I've been, you know, like trying to follow it and learn from it and practice it, you know. So that's that's how turn across the board humans. That's an awesome story. <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, and then as far as you know, you said you were raised. What, what, like, what's the reason for not incorporating Christian into your label at all? Well, so I feel like the Christianity aspect of my upbringing um, was just like um, an insight into a different reality of religion or faith, per se. Um, you know, you know, being raised Buddhism, Buddhist, it's not really taught. Um, in a way, Buddhism is shown, you know, and like looking back, um, you know, I was never really, I didn't know that I was Buddhist, you know, but my mom just like made me Buddhist, you know, me and my brother, we, she just showed us the way, you know, she kind of like lined the path for us um, in Bud with Buddhism, and it was kind of like instilled in me without knowing what was being instilled in me, you know, um, and then through Christianity and studying other religions, 
I realized that the path that I was, you know, luckily that I was like blessed to be given this path and this this knowledge at from a, at such a young age. And I, I also remember like when I was like six or seven, because of being able to like be myself and like learn right from wrong within myself from Buddhism and through Buddhism, like it was a blessing because like a lot of people nowadays are kind of like forced into religion from their parents or forced into some kind of ideologies or thought patterns because of their parents. And my mom, my mom like we, we didn't really have any rules growing up, but like we were, we were taught to right from wrong. We were taught like to make our own choices because of what, or because of the choices that we made, you know, like she never told us that our choices were wrong or right, but she made us realize how our choices affect our life. And I feel like that's what Buddhism is about, like making a choice or acting in a way that like affects your life in the way that you want it to be affected, you know? And that's, and that's, that's the blessing that I've, that I, I was blessed from, from day one, you know, so. That's all to say about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard of the book uh, Living Buddha, Living Christ by, like, a Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh? Uh, I don't think I've, I don't think I've read that. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from because it's like, I, I definitely witness a lot of hypocrisy within, like, the Christian community. But, like, if you were raised Christian and you feel a conviction to like reconcile that with the way that you see things now, then it's like, you definitely, like you said, you want to embody that. Like it's, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be forced upon your children. Like you, you should live Christ, you know, like if you, it, it, like Buddha wasn't, you know, the whole point of living Buddha, living Christ is like, Christ and Buddha are, are you, are in you, you know, it's alive in you right now. And it's not about worshiping their story. Like their story can inspire you, but it's not, it's just a story. You know, you like the way that their story inspires you in the way that it can like, I guess inspire, I'm stuck on the word inspire, but the creativity that it can bring out of you is what's important. The, the God within or whatever you really want to call that, but it's just like the force that allows us to like have fun and enjoy life and, or, or, or like choose to suffer it, but that's a choice, you know? So, but it's that, yeah, like, totally. it's that force. Yeah, totally, man. And like, you know, I, I try to live in the moment, but like, you know, you um, asking me these questions and thinking about where this, my journey with the program has started. It made me realize that, uh, honestly, you, G, like, you had a lot to do with my, uh, my, like, bringing all my, my thoughts and emotions and perceptions about reality and religion and faith together because, you know, you kind of introduced me to Climatica, you know, and, like, um, the Zed, the Zed guys and stuff, like, you know, Ben Stewart and, like, those other guys that are, like, forward thinkers and, like, all about the real truth, you know, like, those documentaries and, informative videos and whatnot like they kind of like helped me like get a really good grasp on like all the things that i've been i've been blessed to like have been put in my path and like they helped me 
kind of like bring those to light and like make them real solid for me, you know. And in 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 the in the same sense, like it helps me, you know, kind of like push forward with those and you know helps me bring those to you and, other, and like other homies. And so like as much as I've used you say that I've helped you, like you've helped me too. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome to hear. Awesome to hear, bro. Hell yeah, man. Love you, dude. I love you too, man. So yeah, I mean, one of the things that, you know, I like to do on the show is just kind of shoot the shit. Um, I don't know how much, how many podcasts you've listened to, but. My... <laughs> oh, real quick. Can we talk about that, that, that phrase, shoot the shit? <laughs> so eventually when you said that, like I had envisioned like someone saying, cool. And like, <laughs> like, like, like shooting ski, <laughs> they're blasting shit out of the air. Yeah, so like, where's that, where's that, where's that come from, dude? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> there's so there's so many sayings like that that you know is just subconscious. <laughs> like we all we understand like what it means, but like what the fuck does it actually mean? You know? what, what is the origin of that? You know. Yeah, <laughs> like some dudes are like, you know, we're so bored. Like, what are we gonna talk about? Like, well, like they're probably out there, like shooting like cow cow pies, and like in the air and shooting them. Like, hey, we're just shooting the shit, you know? Yeah. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Oh man. No, but so like, what, if if uh if we're kind of just like kind of freelancing, um, one of the topics that you had uh suggested was the emoji thing. The emoji thing. Um, yeah, you were like the definition of emojis or like the progress of emojis or whatever. Um, and actually, I hadn't thought about that. I, I feel like emojis are kind of the future, man, like almost like hieroglyphics back in the day. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like, there's, a, there's like a meme going around about that, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like almost much like, like we're, retur- we're returning to, the, to that pictographic language yeah because the, the more like the more uh you know the more like across the board like people can understand a picture more than they can understand a word you know because a, a word is kind of like lost in the translation or it's all about the context you know right. but a picture or an emoji it, it it is what it is you know right um and you know which goes kind of goes back to like how english is such a dead language because you know the 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 letters T R E E don't really mean tree. It is that that we see the word the word tree and like envision a fucking a plant that grows roots and has branches and leaves and you know in our minds. But like there's nothing about the word tree that means tree. It's all about our perception of that word. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually rereading the Fifth Agreement now that I've finished rereading the fourth agreement and uh, like the very first two chapters actually talk about like the power of symbols and how like symbols kind of take over our life when we're especially like at least for most people when they're adolescents um, because or, or even young children you know at that point like the symbols you start thinking like you don't think when you're when you're a kid you know you're just acting on instincts on that like innate, yeah. innate silent knowledge um, but you're still innocent and like ignorant in a lot of ways. But then like you learn a language 
and like you learn thinking, but that's also like learning. It's like learning how to interact with our culture, but at the same, like which is like the the good the good quote unquote part of it, and then the the not so good or you know however you want to perceive it. But the other part of that is like you learn how to lie to yourself. Yeah, for sure, man. And so I think we we've, we've kind of like <laughs> as a culture we're we're like kind of stuck in that state you know and yeah we're we're giving up our instead of just growing up and taking responsibility we'd rather like give that responsibility up to leadership that has like not has like pretty much proven that it's not they're not real leaders you know no for sure dude like on that like everybody likes to think that we have responsibility until something gets fucked up and then then when, when things go awry, everybody's so quick to, to like, point, point, like place blame on something else. Like, oh, this is why I couldn't do that. This is why, you know, like this didn't work out. No, like you're, you're the one that fucked up, you know, like right. if, if you take the responsibility, like it's your fucking responsible responsibility to fucking make that happen, you know? Yeah, but you so, can't take responsibility for other people's decisions either. Yeah, no, totally. We're just like taking things personally. Um, right. At the same time, even if you take on a responsibility, like you can't take yourself personally in the sense that you can't like really take on any responsibility because like that's someone else's shit or even that's that's your own shit from in the past. You know, like you have to live in the moment, like do what you can and do it the best you can. You know, of course. Like respons- responsibilities are kind of uh kind of inhibiting. You know, because like it kind of holds you back or it holds you to something that. You might not agree to. Yeah, but that's point. that's kind of that's a little bit of a different form of the word. Responsibilities, when you use it like that, they're kind of like attachments. But yeah, res- no, responsibility, totally. like the general, like taking ownership of your own actions and beliefs and thoughts, that's like required for you to be free. It's like the flip side of freedom. Sure. Sure. And like, there's, there's totally like a few things that you should 100% take responsibility for, like, you know, having kids or like, you know, if you like really, really make a, a bad decision and fuck somebody else's world up, like you killed somebody, but like, you know, you got to take responsibility for that shit. Well, like, there's just so many things in the world today that like force you to take responsibility for something that's not really your problem or it's not really something that you have to like, invest your, the rest of your life into you know so you're um one of the only other people i know that's actually read ishmael oh yeah 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 i know it's been a little while since you read it actually you just reread that one and uh the other two that are part of the trilogy but what do you remember about that so i remember that it was very insightful in the sense that you know, this being, whether it be a gorilla or a male or a female or a child, adult, you know, black, white, whatever, it really had some, this being had some really good insights on, on life and it had some knowledge that it was trying to, you know, help somebody else with in some sense. And it had a really hard time doing it because it was a fucking gorilla, you know? <laughs> and, um, and that's that's the most like I don't want to go you know too much into detail because you know I want people to actually read, read the book but like 
I thought it was really awesome that, you know, that this gorilla um, had so much insight and knowledge from about life um, from his perspective. Yeah, I, I remember that, like, there was a lot of good things that Ishmael was trying to portray and, like, share from his from his mental and from his mind, his spirit. Um, but, you know, he had to put out an article in the paper, like, you know, if anybody looking for a teacher, you know? <laughs> right. So, like, you know, so it's, it's been years since I actually read it again. Um, but, like, one of like, I want to hear what, what you got from it, man. Well, I remember one of the reasons I re started, I thought about picking it up to reread it was you had mentioned something when we were talking a few months a few months back about the takers and the leavers. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so that, like, kind of just encouraged me to pick it back up because I remembered, like, yeah, that was actually a really impactful book. So actually, this summer I've been like rereading all all of the most impactful books and rewatching all those like super impactful documentaries, or at least like the clips that were impactful from some of them that I didn't like the whole thing, you know. Wow. Um, it's been really awesome, man. Because because when you like it, as I watched and read all of these things, like my wisdom or knowledge or whatever you want to call it. I don't like, like making it sound egotistical, but my growth as a person just kind of accumulated, you know, but then when you like go back to these, to, to those things that you remember were really impactful, they're like even more impactful because you've grown so much and then you understand those things that much more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's it's been kind of mind blowing, really, and and like rereading the Ishmael trilogy was really insightful because it just took me back to it. It really put me in a mindset of like, okay, there there's proud like everybody says that humans are flawed, <laughs> but like humans lived for 2.9 million years in tribes with no problems and one culture came along and like 10,000 years later which is like the blink of an eye on a you know planetary cosmic scale like yeah. we're pretty much at the brink of extinction at the brink of planetary destruction we've taken like hundreds of thousands if not a million by now species extinct it's not that humanity's flawed. It's just this one culture decided that we had to live this certain lifestyle where, you know, I, I don't want to get, like you said, I don't want to go too much into detail. I've already talked about it on some other episodes anyway, but basically there's no reason to lock up food. Like that's the only reason that people will work, <laughs> you know, yeah. if food is available and people have the knowledge of how to, you know, grow it or, the knowledge of hunting, the knowledge of cooking, it, like all of that survival knowledge, that's not taught in our educational system. Like our educational yeah. system is pretty much just like a waiting line to enter the job market, you know? And they and yeah, exactly. they just have us yeah, waiting longer and longer. How to, be like, how to be the happiest slave ever. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, that actually just made me think, um, so even like, you know, the word like uh, wisdom, you know, it makes like when you say that word out loud to somebody, it makes them think that they don't know as much as you. Or when you say like, I I want to 
to be a teacher, that means to somebody else that, that they think, oh, that, that means you know more than I do. Like, it's, it's kind of sucks that we live in a world where, like, you know, everybody can't be a teacher or everybody can't have some wisdom because it makes somebody else think that they're not as smart or they don't know something, you know, that, that they should, you know? Exactly. It's kind of fucked, man. No, nobody understands what iron sharpens iron means, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why can't we all be with, like, full wisdom? Why can't we all be, like, teach each other, you know? Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's, that's kind of what Ishmael's about. Like, yeah, like, he is a fucking a, a gorilla behind bars, but he has wisdom. You know, he, he can be a teacher, but, like, no one wants to listen to him because he's a gorilla. And I feel like it's kind of like a, a metaphor to, like, we're all gorillas in a cage. Well, it's not just a metaphor. He actually makes that. He actually makes that analogy. He's like, you know, I, I've been a captive my whole life, but I, kn- I knew I was a captive. <laughs> I'm watching yeah. you guys, and I'm realizing that all of you are captive to your own belief that humanity is flawed and that there's nothing you can do about it when it's your culture that's making all of these choices. And yeah, like as an individual, you're not responsible for all of them. But if you actually tried, you could actually maybe start to unravel some of the like restrictions that your culture imposes on you. Yeah. If you actually and, and, learn and, why they're there. Not, yeah, and if you if you actually tried, you could maybe, you know, unwind all of that shit, you know? Right. Exactly. Like, you know, we 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 think we're so free nowadays, but you know, technically we're we're all like gorillas behind bars, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, speaking of which, um, a minute ago, you mentioned that like Chimatica was a big impact on you. And I, that's one of the few that I haven't actually rewatched yet. Um, because of our, I, I, I had watched it fairly recently, so I figured I could put that one off until later, but, uh, but yeah, what part of that do you remember? Like, what parts of that stuck out to you that were not directly, you know, or it did it didn't? The four agreements didn't make the same sort of uh, statement for you that Chimatica did, because there were some things about Chimatica that, when I saw it, it seemed new to me. You know, then when you go back and read the four agreements, it was like, oh yeah, he's he's so solid. He like actually covered all of this, but he just did it in such a graceful way that I didn't even notice it before, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I think the, the thing that sticks out to me the most is how he breaks down religion and organizes religion. Um, you know, like all the factual stuff, like, um, you know, a lot of stuff, the information that, you know, he looked into and, and brings to light um, are things that like I kind of needed to hear and wanted to hear and, you know, helped me, um, you know, really like, like have faith, more faith in the things that I felt. But one of the things that like, some of the things that really stuck with me to this day are um, the fact that he found about Christianity, you know. Um, you know, he went he went back into like actual, the, the, his, the history books and like, pretty much like, <laughs> tells Christians that they're, they're bullshit. Like, you know, Jesus Christ, was not a real thing. You know, like he went back, there's no real documentation of Jesus Christ walking the earth and performing miracles. And pretty much to the fact that like every story in the Bible can be traced to traced back to another story that has been passed down for 
generations from with, from other like quote unquote religious you know groups and sects um and like most of them are astrological religious you know, stories that like the ancients like just spend time around campfires just looking at the stars and like telling stories to portray morals and to, to try to pass down like you know right things. Um, so right that's, that's one that's one of the biggest things that i've i've like that have stuck out to me and that i've to this day like I can think of clearly from Time Adafield, which is, you know, which is another reason why I want to, like, watch it again, because there's, it's like an hour and a half, right? Like, uh, Kymatic is only, a, like, only an hour and, yeah, it's a little under an hour and a half, but I think what you're talking about is actually from Zeitgeist. Oh, that's, that's, that's okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, as far as that, it's like, I don't, I just, I'm not sure if Jesus so here's my thing. I, I kind of doubt that he existed, at least in the way that it's portrayed, like, at least the way that they portray it, the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, definitely doubt that story. But have you ever seen that South Park where Jesus and Santa and, like, they, it's called Imagination Land, actually. <laughs> you see seen Imagination Land, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. One of, all right, so Imagination Land is actually a three-part South Park episode, and it's genius. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's just like, it just shows how the things that we believe and the things that we imagine have a real impact in our life. You know? Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, they do, it's it's total South Park style, so it's like, you know, hilarious, and it's, they're, uh, the, the, imagination terrorists and shit it's fucking hilarious but but the the overarching idea is like you know they're they they've gotten to the point where they're trying to scare us into not even using our imagination for ourselves you know it's like it's yeah. like they want it they <laughs> you know south park is really witty about it so you got you kind of just have to watch it to understand what i'm trying to say but no 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 i think you know matt parker and Trey stone are like fucking envisionaries, you know, they're like beyond their time. I, I feel like that show will be recognized as immortalized. So so great in, in like 10, 20, 50 years down the road. Like they'll look back and like it might be like a doctrine. It might be like a religion. You know, a hundred years, like it might be the you know, the South Park might be like, you know, the worldwide religion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like look at that that's kind of far fetched. But I'm at saying, least at least like, some cults. Yeah. No, and it's definitely, yeah. But even like the term cult, you know, like just organized groups of people that really like fucks with it hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the point I was making about Jesus. Is like, regardless of whether he was real, like flesh and bone in this timeline or dimension or whatever you want to like, however you want to define all that shit. The the point is that. The story and like people's beliefs about it, whether they're like completely fabricated or partially fabricated, like the impact that those beliefs have are real, regardless. Like that, that's undeniable. Not, for sure, but like impact in the sense that we're the whole world is at war over over religions, you know? Right, but I'm saying it. I think in order to resolve some of the issues, I think you. I think you need to realize. I don't know. Not. I don't mean you personally, but like I think no, no, I an approach that will work better is going to be rec like 
revolutionizing Christianity and transforming people by using the good parts of it. And like, um, I guess I'm not sure, sure what the proper word I'm looking for here is, but entertaining or encouraging their better side, I guess maybe, maybe is the right word or right way to phrase it or a decent way to phrase it, but just like incentivizing community (laughs) like right now our cultural vision is like every man for himself and i've talked about it in a couple other episodes but it's like competition is fun and i think we do need to organize ways to get that you know so-called beast out of the box and like we need to be able to exercise that in a way that's not destructive you know like that's what a lot of the 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 dark arts were and like shaman cultures, you know, like a lot of the the dances that they did and the the art that they did was, you know, just to exercise the, that you know beast within. But yeah, you know, we we have sports and stuff, which is cool to a degree. But then there's a lot of kids that get excluded from that, whether they're not athletic enough or they're not wealthy enough or whatever the reason might be. But it's just not like. Our, our society still prioritizes competition to the degree where we're like destroying the planet. Yeah. yeah. So when you said that, I had this, this, this vision of like this, uh, this sports league where like no one is good at any sports. So like you have football, football teams where like no one can run fast or no one can catch. You know, like some people just like just wrecking each other and like having a good time. where you're going with it i feel like we do need to have like that was kind of one of my ideas was like to start a group that just played like cornhole and horseshoes and like aggie sack games like that you know aggie sack is a great example because like the other day i was talking about it um you know you and i are like kind of good at it and like you know i brought my our friend motion into it and you're like no i can't do that i can't do that and then after the first five minutes he was like more excited about hacking sack than anybody ever. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, still to this day, like 15 years later, he still carries a hacking sack around with him in the hope that someone will, will fucking try to get a hack with him, you know? <laughs> like, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's actually pretty good now, you know? Yeah, no, I was horrible forever, man. I started when I was in like seventh grade and I was not good until college. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is like you know my my Japanese side of those pass downs ninja abilities, but like I I think I've worked really well, you know. And I'm you know I'm not really talking shit because like come see me, but anything I hand coordination, like I'm pretty proficient at it, dude. Like and, and it's not like I can learn real fast, and I'll put some money on most most games. You know what I'm saying? Well, you you got to come shoot the bow now that I've actually learned how to do it. But yeah, I, I can vouch you. Uh, you shot the bow. You actually got me into archery and you shot that motherfucker native style without a release <laughs> and stuck it in the tree. Like just hitting the tree from that distance was impressive. So like, especially knowing what I know now about like how, how to do it and everything. Like, yeah, that was, that was impressive. I had just gotten that though, like a week before that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
But I also have some Native American blood in me too. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it was passed down. Right. <laughs> well, I gotta say one. Uh, I, I gotta say one thing. Like one sport that I love to play, but I don't get a chance to play it too often because it's one of those sports that requires like, or at least for me as somebody who's fairly short, like basketball, I usually prefer like three on three. Um, yeah. I kind of appreciated the few times that we played each other because we were good competition and you're actually like my height or maybe just a little bit taller than me. So it was like, not like whenever I play Timmy B one-on-one, it's like, I feel like I'm more skillful than him, but when it comes to basketball, like he's getting every rebound, you know what I mean? Yeah, we found the crucial, man. Exactly. It's possessions. Yeah, it's one on one. Right. But yeah, no, totally, man. I, I remember, man, because even basketball, to me, basketball is one of the most, like, rewarding individual sports because, like, you know, you are in charge of that ball. You know, like, and even when you talk about the physics of it, it's almost one of the most challenging of sports because you take a little ball and you shoot it up in the air. And it goes into this, this fucking rim that's not that much bigger than the ball, you know? Like, yeah, but you can you can make that argument for any sport. I mean, baseball players really? can make that argument for baseball, hitting a round ball on a round bat. Okay, okay. Or lacrosse. I mean, you've played lacrosse. So you, I mean, I know, I know you know some lacrosse arguments. Soccer has their own yeah. arguments. So, oh, you're yeah. right, you're right. But, you know, lacrosse, like, <clears throat> the ball is, like, way smaller but like just a goalie, you know, so there's a lot of different aspects in that, but yeah, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, there's a lot of, I guess it's just the fact of scoring a goal is very, you know, rewarding, but you know, with basketball, there's a lot more scoring, I guess, you know, so maybe that's the part of it that's rewarding, but um, I don't know. It just, it feels really rewarding because sometimes like when you shoot the ball, like, you know, almost a hundred percent that this shit's going in, you know? Right. Um, and with lacrosse, like no matter how you know how dang my move was, or like how good I feel about the shot, maybe the goalie has you know has a better feeling about stopping it. You know, um, same thing with soccer, like other sports, like there's other factors. But with basketball, once I shoot that ball, like there's nothing you can do about it. It's not, you know it's just like either you count on my my abilities or like you count against my abilities. You know, that's all you can really do. But once I let go of that ball in the air, like it's going in or not, you know? Right. I know you were joking about like the loser sports league, but like I, I've, <laughs> this group that I've wanted to organize for a while and I kind of delayed, I've delayed it a little bit because of this whole COVID thing, which we can talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, then I said, you know what, I'll start a podcast because, you know, if virtual connection is the only way that we're going to be able to connect with each other, then start doing it but uh, yeah. eventually whether they like lift COVID or sh- regardless of what happens with COVID like at some point we should start like coming together and I think sports are big man like not not just competitive sports but like you were saying a hacky sack or frisbee or just like any activity where people can just hang out and like you were saying like you don't have to be good you know it's not it's not winning winning is fun and winning should be like um encouraged I guess like you should strive to win. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's part of what makes it fun is, is like actual, the actual competitiveness of it, but it shouldn't be so winning. Shouldn't be so like, so emphasized that it like deters people from wanting to hang out with you. (laughs) You So so how would you try to think of a game where 
the point is to, to like to not score goals, or like to not win. But like you know, so the losing is winning. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's any sport like that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we need we need we need to like think about it. But like maybe there's a way. I think hacky sack is is there's no like winner. You know, it's like really. Uh, a teamwork building sport for sure. Yeah. Well, it's all about like unification, you know, like all having a, a similar goal in mind and trying our best to achieve that. And there's a lot of flow state in with hacky sack too, especially like if there's two or three, four pretty decent, you know, players, you can get, you, you kind of feel that flow with like the hacky sack and, and, as it's moving and as the other people are moving, there's kind of a like a dynamic between the object and the other players and you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I actually just thought of something with that I was kind of referring to is like drinking games. <laughs> so when you, when you like when you lose a drinking game, you win. Just drinking. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I guess I guess that's. I mean, I don't know if you really want to call passing out wasted winning. <laughs> but to some, to some it is. To some it is. To some it is. <laughs> so, 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 what I'm trying to say is we should incorporate drugs into all sports. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely think they need to take drug testing out of sports because. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, like, I don't know, when I say drugs, I just mean, you know, like, like you know, just the cool drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a stupid one, but you know that that's that's uh, all about perspective, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a that's a bias, a, an opinion based judgment there for sure. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, you know, I don't like the only quote unquote drug that is not a drug to me is, is marijuana. You know, like Mary Jane is my fucking goddess plant, but you know everything else besides that. Are well, that's drugs. that's one of my themes on the show is actually like sacred plant medicines i don't i don't i don't like calling anything that could grow out of the dirt whether you know somebody did it you know cultivated it on their own or it grew wild is not the point to me but if it's a i mean lsd is one that's just so yin yang borderline for me because it's like it feels so natural but obviously it's not i mean it's derived It's synthesized from a mushroom or a fungus, but I'm going to put that one on the table for a second and just, like, as far as cannabis mushrooms, like ayahuasca, and then, like, the sacred cacti, peyote and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't consider any of that drugs. I don't consider any. That's, like, sacred medicine that they've been suppressing on purpose. Like, you know, I talk about conspiracies on here, and, like, I don't really, like, talking like i don't like getting in too far into them i don't like going down the rabbit hole is like like i I use the term i entertain conspiracies but like the one i don't even it's not a conspiracy because it's so it's so obvious and it's so proven that like calling a conspiracy is almost a discredit to the fact that there has been an indigenous genocide taking place for the last twelve thousand years any shamanic culture anybody who has extensive knowledge of plants and plant medicine wipe them out or you know at gunpoint force them to assimilate and you yeah. know facts man facts for sure and like you know of course like i really you know i love getting like high 
because like you know it, it makes me feel elevated but what is high what is high like aren't you supposed to be high on life okay okay i mean i mean high off like the thc but the same sense like i i really enjoy the cannabinoids i i, I really enjoy cbds you know I, um since i've you know because my involvement you know my ins and outs with the law like the legal system the judicial system yeah. like i've been forced to not partake um and like my, my goddess plant but like uh, so i've experimented with cbds and i actually really really enjoy them and like thc is just one chemical that can be derived from the plant but like and that's one small aspect of the plant it's the reason why i hold the plant so high is because there's so many things that can be done with the plant like the medicinal purposes are almost endless and there's, we're still finding out to this day like new things that can be damn near cured from this from this one plant you know and like it's just so absurd to me that it's still illegal you know and, and most in most parts of the world you know absolutely absolutely it's kind of frustrating man like i know you you said i, I mean uh, you know I remember you saying at one time that you're kind of similar to me in that you, you didn't even smoke until like college. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Um, well, so that's because, just because growing up, um, you know, I, I went to military school for almost like all of my high school. Um, and so I didn't really have much um, influences in the drug, in drugs besides my dad, you know, and like that was, he, he was like, a, he's an alcoholic. And so I remember, like, when I was seven or eight, he would, like, take us to the, the alcohol, the ABC store, and he would get us, like, a little shot of, like, Bailey's, little airplane bottles of Bailey's, and it tasted, you know, good. It would taste like a milkshake, and, you know, my brother and I would crush them, <laughs> and I don't remember, like, being drunk, but I remember, like, enjoying it for some reason, and, like, looking back, it was probably because I was drunk, <laughs> but, um, and, and then... Once I started like growing mentally as my own person, you know, through like puberty and adolescence, whatnot, you know, I started um, doing my research, and like I was almost scared of drugs because like I didn't I didn't want anything to influence me more than my own mental, and so like even in my college age, I didn't, and even to this day, like I won't try anything. Like oh, I, at the, at this age, I've tried most things. Um, but I've also researched everything I put into my body. And when I was uh, in military school, I kind of wanted to go into like the armed forces or like government service. Like I wanted to be like a, a secret agent or some shit, you know, like looking back, I'm, I kind of like want to slap myself in the face, but I thought, you know, that would be cool. Like um, from what I knew of myself and my mental and physical abilities, I thought that I'd be like a dope ass secret agent, you know what I'm saying? Because like, I don't know, I feel like I could uh, kind of like, I was really good at change. You know, I could make myself feel a certain way or like look a certain way or talk a certain way. And I thought that that would be, I'd be a, a really cool secret agent or something. <clears throat> but when I went to college, I realized that that, that dream was not very uh, logical, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, but, but marijuana was the one, one of the things that like, when I looked into all the, um, requirements of being, you know, an agent or a government employee, it was like, um, you know, you couldn't smoke, you couldn't do any drugs, and weed was the thing that you, you know, 
was on that list of things you couldn't do. So I just, that's one of the only reasons why I didn't do it. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't know that I ever told you this, man, but I, when, when I had TJ or when Stacy had TJ, I thought about applying for the Marine Corps. And then when I saw the list of like drugs that you were like not supposed to have taken, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like I was on the list when I was like 16. So yeah, um, one, one thing that I've talked about with all of my guests uh, given the state of the world is like this COVID quarantine. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, at first, um, you know, when my girlfriend actually first like, brought up my attention, I didn't take it seriously at all. You know, I was like, yeah, whatever, dude, it's not a big deal. Like, some, some shit like this happens all the time and whatever, whatever. But then, it started like really becoming a real thing, and and there was a there was a small time where I was actually kind of scared, um, but you know it didn't really last long. I mean, I'm still concerned, you know, I'm still worried, um, you know, I'm still kind of leery about what could happen with this thing. But overall, I think it might be kind of a good thing. You know, I think it's kind of putting. The world, I don't even know about what's on the whole world, but I've seen the news and I've talked about my mom actually in Japan. I, I talked to her the other day. It was actually really awesome because I don't really talk to her a lot. Um, but you know, in Japan, they're like super serial about this right now. And I mean, they have been since day one. Like, I think they were one of the first countries, or one of the earlier countries to shut everything down. Like, they were like, fuck this, we're not taking any chances. <laughs> like, we're shutting this shit down, you know? <laughs> Um, and they're still kind of on lockdown right now. They still have um, uh, what's called a where you have to come in early, you know, like uh, curfews and stuff. Um, they're still very strict about you know going places except except for food and necessities and stuff, you know. Um, and I think you know America, we're we're taking it still kind of lightly, like we're taking it serious, but lightly. And I feel like Americans don't really take anything serious, you know. So. But COVID is, Americans taking COVID more seriously than they have anything for a lot of things in the past, but they're still not taking it as seriously as it should be. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, kind of putting the world in check. You know, it's making people realize, like, what's really important. And and, the thing, and also, giving people this quarantine is giving people time to actually, like, reflect on themselves. You know, like, yeah, worldwide, it's kind of scary, and people are dying, and whatever, whatever, it's kind of, you know, it's bad, it's scary, whatever, but people who are healthy are, like, given, or kind of forced to take time to be introspective, to think about, like, what they were doing with the time when they had the time, when, when, what, what they were doing with their freedom when they had all these freedoms, you know, so I think it's kind of a good thing, you know? Right. Certainly a lot of reflection and uh, introspection, like you said. Yeah, like, don't get, don't get me wrong, like, I don't want a lot of people to die, but, like, people have to die for people to live, you know? Right. If, if like, no one dies, like, no one would live. And I think death is, like, not really, like, the best thing about life, but it's a very important thing in life. 
you know, to, to like realize because like if you don't realize that death can happen, like you can't realize that life is happening, you know? Yeah, certainly. So, yeah. Like I said, this is make people fucking check themselves and realize like, hey, I could die. You know, so that when or if the shit kinda of blows over, then people will, will live more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely um have a like a silver lining like an optimistic light at the end of the tunnel perspective um but i also feel that there are elements that are i don't i don't like to say darker elements but i just feel like there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of the situation and you you already know there's been you know i don't want to say like the whole like there's a government conspiracy and it's all a conspiracy i think you know one thing i've been saying on a lot of podcasts is like they they mix the truth with, or they mix the lies with the truth you know 100 yeah and um so yeah i mean i think there's quote unquote good people i don't know it's hard to even label people good people or bad people because everybody has the potential to like do something horrible or like you know change their life any moment so but I don't. I don't even like labeling like politicians horrible. They probably, you know, in order to be a politician, I feel like they probably made a lot of horrible decisions to be where they are. But anything can change at any time. So like, I don't. I don't like labeling anybody. But I do feel like there's a lot of um, like the whole the whole political scene right now. Like the fact that the coronavirus is politicized at all is fucking crazy to me. Like that that yeah. should tell you something about like the state of our culture and the state of like our collective psychic or mental health, whatever you want to call that, collective consciousness. I hate sounding esoteric, but like I just don't know that we have really good language for this sort of thing. Yeah. No, I mean I feel like we we live in a world where most of everything is blown out of proportion, you know? But it with with the COVID to doing it it definitely is. And, and can be blind out of proportion, but there is something going on. At least, at least we know for a fact that there is something that's going on, and it's not like purely factual or purely political or like purely, you know, like um, like a, a conspiracy, you know. And even even the term conspiracy is like blown out of proportion because right. the fact that you know most conspiracies, like when someone hears that word. They think it's like false, but all, all conspiracies are based in some truth, you know? Right. Whether it be like the full truth or like something that's maybe not really widely known, but like almost all conspiracies are like come from some truth, you know? Right. And in this sense, it's, it's, a, it's a big truth. Like the whole world is being affected and you, you cannot deny that people are getting sick and dying, you know? It might not be to the extent that they're saying. Yeah, that's be... that was that was one of my that was what I was about to say is you know the global death rate is the same as last year. Yeah, right. But I'm saying, dude, I was looking just just even with that, like pure numbers wise, like people die more from mosquitoes than they do from COVID. But like people have to talk about mosquitoes for fucking ever. <laughs> right. You know, but I don't know. But at the same time, I feel like there's, there's nothing wrong with being safer. And and the whole thing is like, 
people should have been washing their hands more. People should have been not coughing all over, like, you know, the produce aisle when you walk, when you go look at fucking, you know, green peppers and onions. Like, don't sneeze on that shit and right. put it back on, you know, on the on the display case. You know, like that's ignorant and stupid. You know, so and like when when you come back home from being out in public, wash your fucking hands. You know, like. That's, that's not a bad thing, and it's been ignored. Like, personal hygiene, like, that's part of personal hygiene and self-care, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I also think there's a balance to be struck there, too, because I think, I think again, it's a, it's a I don't want to say it's politicized. This is not, that this aspect of it is not necessarily political, but I see there's, like, germaphobes, too, you know? There's like germaphobes and then there's like people who don't care enough about being clean. <laughs> I can't imagine how crazy germaphobes are going recently. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Look, I've, I've met some people who are like super adamant about, you know, washing their hands or like weird about getting too close to people. Right, yeah. Like, I, can't, I can't imagine how much they're freaking out the past like six months over this shit, dude. Yeah, I can't either. Because there's definitely, like, that's what I mean by there's a balance to be struck. Because if you're, like, using all your mental energy to worry about this shit all the time, like, that's probably worse for your health than, like, forgetting to wash your hands one time. Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, it, it kind of comes back to law of attraction, you know? Like, the more you worry about something, the more you have a chance of, it, like, it affecting you, you know? That's something else that I've been bringing up on, especially the last couple of episodes, is just the power of our belief, you know, like the placebo effect, I think is speaking of language, like to get through to people, I think the placebo effect is a really good one because it's like a scientifically proven phenomena that when you actually think about it on a little bit of a deeper level, it's like, okay, so that means that what we believe actually literally affects our reality. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that going on with with COVID, and that's you know I, you know i don't know if you remember me and reezy gotten kind of not like a super argument but he was like kind of upset with me for even like suggesting that um you know it might be okay for some people to not wear their mask or like just even though i'm wearing one my reasoning is very unorthodox you know yeah and um, he was super pissed yeah yeah exactly that was also kind of selfish you know he was like well i can't believe like you want you want my grandparents to die like what yeah. That's not what you said at all. It's right. Like, well, if that's ta it's taking things personally. That's what that comes back yeah. to. It's, it's like in the same sense, if he's so worried about like his grandparents not dying, like why is he not doing more to help them live? You know. Right. Like I've never heard him mention his grandparents at all. You know, <laughs> I've never. Heard, I don't want to say never, but I've rarely heard him even talk about how much he cares about his parents or pa or grandparents. But now all of a sudden, since they might could die. It's like he cares about them, you yeah. know? That's ass backwards, you know? Yeah. Like you, should care, you should care about them living before they have a chance of dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, that's, and that's another thing is, another reason I wear it is like, if you don't wear it, it's like fucking in the Matrix, everybody's becomes Mr. Smith, like everybody's looking at you. I don't need that kind of attention. I'd rather just wear the mask. <laughs> But, oh my goodness, dude, yeah, the few times that I, like, I went off like, to get some groceries or, you know, go get a fucking Slurpee at the 7-Eleven and I forget my mask 
or my bandana or whatnot. Like people, I I can tell like the way people look at me. Yeah. Like, like they look down on me or like, oh my god, this girl fuck or oh my god, he's trying to get me sick or you know, like yeah. that's not my intention or or thought pattern at all. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, and that's 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 one of my concerns, and that's something that like um, I was thinking about like. As, as much as I don't like Trump, it's like I feel like there's a culture war going on right now. And when you're at war, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. And I feel like the media just has so much influence on people's beliefs. And beliefs have so much effect on the actual reality that we have to live in. And like people, yeah. people know Trump is a joke. So nobody really takes him seriously. So I don't see him as much as as much of a threat as the media because people believe the media and they're lying too. Like their li their lies are even worse because people are believing them. Oh yeah, totally, man. And you know, media and social media especially, like it's pretty much all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, being in quarantine, like so like I don't I, I don't really involve myself too much in social media. Like, you know, I am I have Facebook accounts, I have Instagram whatever, but I don't really post anything unless it's like kind of positive or kind of something that I feel like something I actually feel that could be beneficial to somebody in some, in some sense, you know, but a lot of people are like me, 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 or this is my opinion, or this is what happened to me, you know, it's kind of negative, you know, and I feel like those, those whole, those whole times are just like, the media, like the negativity, everything is just blowing up, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't remember exactly what podcast it was, but I, I said, you know, one thing that I see is when you boil all of this down to the essence, I feel like everything is designed for, like, whether it's like the media or just even just on a, like, on a, on a, detailed level it, it feels crazy sometimes to just the the degree to which everything is designed for everybody to take personally no matter oh, yeah. what no they, they don't care what you believe they just want you to believe it rigidly mm -hmm. you know they don't want you to be flexible with your beliefs they want you to to like hold on to your beliefs so that if anything arises that challenges it or like irks it annoys it like you'll take it personally and then they can control you because you know, i don't i don't like using the word they because then it sounds like there's this controlling hand but yeah people some people who understand energies are more able to or entities whether it's people or not like certain energies are able to manipulate individuals when individuals are so willing to take everything personally yeah and you know that's that's kind of like a business you know like as a business owner you want to advertise um your product or whatever so people want like you want you, don't, you don't want your thing to be sold so to be able to get someone to buy it you have to, you have to make them think that they need it you know and most things are not needed <laughs> But like we think that we do because we've been told in some sense that we need it so, right yeah 
<clears throat> because we're worried about what other people think about us. Yeah, if we, if we don't have it, or if, you know, if we don't get that thing, we're not as cool, or we won't be as healthy, or we won't be whatever we think we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing, um, especially in the in the most recent episode with James, is like with with me entertaining conspiracies. Like again, I don't go too di- too deep down any one rabbit hole, but um, the po- the reason why I don't go too deep down any one rabbit hole is like. I want to understand the problem so that I can solve it. You know, I don't want to just talk about the problem for the rest of my life, you know, or the problems, like what are the solutions? Like, what do we need to do? Um, one, one of the purposes or, um, and goals of the podcast is to like create a virtual community that, you know, at one time, whether it's two years or five years or 10 or or 20, I want to make it happen where like, you know, we we band together, get some resources, get some real estate, you know, build a warehouse or a large, you know, building earth ship out of tires, whatever we have to do, um, you know, to, to start a tribe. And, um, you know, I don't really, I'm not like a communist or believe in utopia. And even though I, I certainly have a lot of hippie in me, I don't like have any like idealist dreams. So, um, that's one reason why I kind of enjoy talking about politics because although, you know, although politics is um, kind of a taboo subject in our culture, I feel like that's by design too, because if you actually just like look up the definition of politics, it's just like a set of organizing activity, like the, the way that you organize a group. Um, yeah, facts, man, facts. And so like, if, if we're not talking about it, then we're, then that means we're giving up our power to organize to them. So we need to be, we need to be the ones doing the organizing. And so that's why I like talking about politics, but you know, at the same time, it is taboo for a reason because these, these other, these people that are currently, um, the face of politics, quote unquote, they suck. So like, we kind of need to exclude them from our tribe and start our own tribe. And, um, but we, at at the same time, like the hippies tried to do that, but you can't just destroy a story and a culture without having a story or a culture to live or enact to replace it, you know? And I I feel like that's why they failed is they, they they didn't have a story to enact. They, They were just rebelling against a story, but they didn't have a story of their own. And so I feel like it's time that we kind of create a story for ourselves and um and then start making it happen you know like even if it has to start virtually like okay it'll start virtually but we're gonna really make it happen at some point um yeah anyways for sure man yeah based on everything i just said what are your thoughts on all that well yeah man i mean that's that's why i love you know kind of what you and we're trying to do with this thing is because um all of like media and social media all they do is like show you the problems and show you like what's going on and to try to scare you or whatever they're trying to do, manipulate you, but they're not really offering solutions. You know, they're not like social media. People, oh, I have these problems, or you know, fuck my boyfriend or girlfriend for this reason. But they're not really saying. They're not giving you like the background story, and they're not giving you like the foreground, like what could happen or what should happen. You know, like they're just trying to like stay scared. I'm like, I don't. I feel like people shouldn't be scared. You know, they should be like. All right, okay, cool. This is what's going on. Let's do something about it, you know? 
Right, exactly. What can that should be your response is like instead of going, Oh my god, I don't want to listen to any of this conspiracy talk, it should be like, Okay, what are the facts and what can I do about it? Yeah, 100%. Man, and when it comes out to it, man, you know, I feel like, um, you mentioned earlier about certain like uh religious sects or cults, whatever. And I kind of believe in anarchy, man. Like, and when I say that word anarchy, people always just jump to like, oh, now the government is fighting the system and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's really about just being your own individual and taking responsibility for your actions and making sure that you have, you know, the knowledge and the know-how to, to live life healthy in the way that you want to, you know? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't call the first 2.9 million years of human existence, which I'm not saying it was utopia. I'm just saying it worked well. Like I would consider that more tribal than anarchy. I mean, it's kind of like, I guess it's, it's just a matter of how you look at it because from a very big picture from, from the, from the way that like, um, our elitists would look at it today, they, they would call my vision anarchy for sure but i would call it tribal because there's still like groups of people that are organizing certain rules to live by and there's a certain narrative that each culture has and even like you know the ishmael books like he says takers and leavers really isn't the best way to describe it because the difference is that takers is one group of people and when you say leavers it sounds like it's just the flip it's like the opposite it's like another the a one group of people that are all like opposite of the takers but leavers is actually a very diverse group it's thousands of different cultures that just didn't believe that their way was the right way they just said it was the way that worked for them yeah yeah it's not really you know it's not two sides of one coin it's like a pocket full of chains that have all like accumulated from different places you know (laughs) exactly exactly but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not so thrown off by the word anarchy as much as a lot of people would be, but I don't think you can, like, not everybody can be a wolf and not everybody can be the, the one, especially like women and children, man, like they need a pact, especially as you know, and like, we were children too. We wouldn't have made it this far by ourselves, completely on our own. You know, I know, you, I know, you are a little more on your own than your average person, but at least for the first, you know, two years of your life, you needed a lot of help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. I, I mean, I'll never deny that fact. And you know, I, but I feel like even um, pure, like pure anarchy is is all about being an individual. You know, and like not needing a governing entity to tell you what to do or what's good to do, you know? And in the same sense, like being able to do what you want to do without affecting somebody else or taking away from somebody else. You know, that, that's what anarchy is all about. Like if you look up the, 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 the pure definition, the definition of pure anarchy, that's what it is. It's not about down with anything. It's about up with yourself, you know? Right. I still don't think, I still don't think that the self is can be made stronger with a strong tribe if the tribe sucks then sure you need to go out on your own but if with a strong tribe 
a strong tribe makes strong individuals, makes a strong tribe. Like it's the iron sharpens iron thing, and, and you grow together. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. And like, I'm, I'm not saying like everybody needs to, you know, be totally individual and like by themselves all the time. But, um, you know, I feel like tribal is definitely a better word than anarchy, um, because like even in anarchy, I feel like there is some tribal aspects to the sense where like. You know, we can we can work with each other, you know, right? And of like against each other. And one another, I, I learned this pre-Ishmael, but as far as just because I read it recently, the way he articulated it was like, you know, they become adults via some sort of ritual usually, and it's usually like at the same time that they're becoming adolescents. It makes sense. Yeah. It's like a biological clock that they're using, and and. Usually those um, those rituals are, yes, in some cases like, you know, sacred medicine, but in some cases it's just like a vision quest or like some other form of what you're talking about, like becoming your own individual. Like you've, you've grown up with the tribe, you're 12, 13, 14 years old now, and now you really do need to be your, so I think like, again, it's the whole yin yang because the tribe makes the individual, the individual makes the tribe. And I don't want to de-emphasize the individual or like discourage the importance of the individual by talking about the tribe so much because I, I agree with what you're saying at the same time. Like they, they do at a certain point in a child's life, like pretty much every tribe has a, a ritual where it's like, okay, you need to become your in, your individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, in, in, in that sense, like part of your individualism sometimes you need to be part of a tribe. You know, sometimes you need right. to be fucking a lone wolf. You know, but everybody has their own essence and their own aura. And sometimes, like, it's a lot. It's it's better to be part of a tribe. And sometimes, like, it's not. You know, but right. we should be able to like find it out for ourselves. Right, and that's what I was about to say. Is I feel like the best tribes would allow you will allow its members to go be on their own at at the time that it's right for them to be on their own. Yeah, and maybe maybe they go off in the, on their own for a year or ten years and come back to the tribe, and right. sometimes maybe they come back to the tribe for a week and then go off themselves. Like, but sometimes they're homebodies and they're they're day one, hundred percent the tribe till they die. But, right. But you allow you allow every personality to do what what makes that personality feel uh, like it's fulfilling its purpose. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, yeah, man. Uh, so we've got about a couple minutes left here, but uh, definitely some awesome conversation. Um, any any final thoughts that you want to leave with people? Yeah, I, I think we covered some good stuff, man. Um, I appreciate you, dude. I, I'm glad you made this this uh, step into doing this because you know, we, we've been talking about this for a while, and I appreciate you bringing me into this. Um, you know, I hope that anybody listening um, knows that they're not taking anything personally. You know, sometimes I say shit off the wall. Sometimes I say stuff just pops in my head. Um, and I don't 100% believe in anything that I said, but I 100% believe in everything that I said at the same time. You know, so, you know, take what I say for a grain of salt uh, as, you know, as whatever it's called and for what it is and take it for what it's not, too. You know? you, you're, so, you're responsible for what you say. You're not responsible for what they understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. And I love everybody. I hope... Uh, you know, you keep on keeping on and trying to be better, you know?
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one that's because because of our connection with Don Miguel, I think, and I've got a, about a couple minutes more. I want to get in this last thought is like because you use the word improve or, or, or get better. It's like I think a lot of people um, or the, the reason that people believe that is that nobody's perfect perfect is because perfect is completely misdefined in our culture or completely yeah. misunderstood. Like people think that perfect is like this state of perfection that they're trying to pursue where they're going to have like all the money they need and like all the status they want and whatever, whatever, like you would say, blah, 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 or whatever. But it's like <laughs> perfection, the fact that no matter where you are in life, because if you, I mean, we, we've experienced because of television and stuff, we've experienced enough celebrities being at the top and falling and like, we, I think people have just, you know, we're reaching a point as far as that quote unquote collective consciousness is concerned, where we realize that there really is no state of perfection. And so it is time to like adapt and, and alter our understanding of perfection to be like, okay, even this person like wasn't happy with that perfection that we all quote unquote perfection that a lot of people try to pursue. So it's like, well, let's reevaluate. It's like maybe the fact that we can always improve no matter how good we are, we can improve some other aspect of our life. Even if we have reached perfection in some aspect of our life, there's other aspects that you can improve. And yeah. the, the, the ability that you can, the fact that we can always improve to me is perfect. So perfect is like not a state. It's a dynamic. It is reality. Reality is always changing and reality is perfect. Yeah. No, it's, it's a state of being, but it's a goal also. Like, like I, I always like to um, quote, like, nothing exists which is not perfect. You know, like, everything is perfect. Only perfection exists. Yeah, like, even down to, like, molecular level. Like, if it wasn't perfect, we, we wouldn't be here, you know? And, like, perfect doesn't mean it's the end result. Like, perfect perfection can be perfected, you know? Like, it could, and perfection can be yeah so i mean even at a molecular level um you know that's <laughs> i think it exists at every level you know even at a molecular level is like putting it in a way that's like you know every little thing is perfect but every big thing is perfect too like e like literally only perfection exists yeah for sure man on, on, on every level just like i said it's like it has to be perfect in order to like even just just on a molecular like just basic level you know like just pure physical, just like moving through the earth, you know, like subatomic particles flying around, like it has to work in perfection for it to be, like actually work. If it wasn't like everything exactly the way it was, it might be like, you know, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't perfect it at all. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't be what it is now. Like you can't deny that, but like it's hardest to see and for people to like not take personally, you know, like, because they're like they take a, a, they'll, they'll take diseases personally natural disasters disabilities like how how can you call that perfect well it's like because it exists <laughs> yeah and it, it does exist and um it's just kind of sad you know because like it can ruin friendships and like it can cause damage and like pretty much mess up people's mental for a long time you know like emotional abuse and like emotional like scars are like can be way more painful and way more scarring than like physical shit, you know? Right. And even that's perfect. Um, 
but I, I, I see what you're, what you're saying because it's hard to see like depression and anxiety and these things that are real, they are, they're, they're totally real because people feel them and that's what makes it real. But like, it's also, it's also perfect because it, it's, it's life challenging you to, to move, like push yourself past those limitations that you've agreed to. If you're being really real with yourself, you have to admit like, even though, you know, as a child, you're agreeing to things kind of unconsciously. But once once you're old enough to realize that you were the one making all those agreements, like it's, that's that's when it's time to stop blaming everybody else. Yeah, for sure, man. And I feel like. And to see the perfection and the fact that you had the choice the whole time, even if you were like blinded to the fact that you had the choice, you did have the choice the whole time, even even since you were like a little baby. Like you don't really have a choice at that age, obviously. And your the story kind of your parents, the situation that you're put in, they it does like drive your life, or I guess it sets you on a certain path in a certain way. But there's always a moment where it's just because of the human spirit. There's always a moment where you recognize that all of those things that were pushed on you, you still agreed to, and like. Even if you didn't realize that you had a choice at the time, once you do realize that you have a choice, you kind of change the past in a weird way. It's like you, you don't actually change what happened, but because you're changing your reaction to what happened, it's like a, a butterfly effect. Like all, the only thing you can't control is the present moment. But once you change the present, like the, the past actually kind of does change too. Yeah, thanks, man. And like that's also perfect, you know? Like, you know, the, the, I kind of like visualize like the past is like a staircase or something and like each step you know is a step that you take you know you make a decision you make whatever and, and ultimately they all bring you to like the the best choices like right now like at the moment and like it's your choice to take things personally or like you and, know or embrace or truth try to, try to be impeccable you know and yeah exactly and besides the, the four agreements and like just seeing and, and being the perfection like what other better choice is that you know um but like even that is like can be more perfect you know but like but the fact that it can be more perfect is perfect yeah, like <laughs> what, what could be not. more perfect than the fact that it could be more perfect <laughs> yeah exactly man and it's not it's not hard but it's not easy at all either like all i have to do is just just say yeah it's everything's perfect and it is but it's so hard to like let go of the stuff that you think is not perfect you know Right. And some, sometimes it's like maybe to help you to make excuses for something or, you know, or like blame something else. But it feel it feels really hard. It feels really hard in the moment, like especially if you've if you've believed them for so long, if you, if you feel like you're very invested in it. But once you do let it all go and you kind of have that perspective on it, then it's like, yeah, this is actually way easier than holding on to all that shit. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of drifting into a new topic, but I love this shit. Cause like it's like the, the cycle of the four agreements, man. You know, cause some, like when you first really start getting into it, and like it envelops you, and but then it kind of like the breaking of those walls is sometimes kind of painful, man. You know, and very challenging. And challenges very your identity. Yeah, and then sometimes like you falter and like and you take it personally, and then it's like a double negative. You know, it's like because you're taking yourself personally. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then then once you stop doing that or try to stop doing that, then. It affects other things, you know, I don't know, every part of the process is hard and like it's kind of a cycle, you know, 
for sure, for it's, sure. It's like if, if you're gonna be a hamster in a wheel, like this is a good ass fucking wheel to be in, you know? Yeah, for sure. For our, our spirits and like our minds, you know. I prefer the word challenging to hard. Hard can be discouraging. Yeah, I guess. But, but, but I guess know, even it, challenging is discouraging to some people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And like hard is, I mean, I feel like if it's not hard, like then you're not doing it right. You're like, you're not like, <laughs> like tr- challenging yourself, you know, pretty much like it's being hard is like can add to the challenge or like kind of be the challenge, you know, I don't know. It definitely changes the challenge, but hard kind of implies challenging to me, I guess, or um, a feat, you know, to overcome, you know what I'm saying? Some way. Yeah, but I, I just I see it as even harder to try to like keep up all the lies. Yeah, so you think hard is more intense than like uh, challenging? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's at that point it just becomes like what what meaning do you assign to those words, and and what way do you agree to them? I mean, yeah, I, I certainly think especially if you're comfortable living a certain way, then the four agreements are definitely hard and a hard challenge. Um, but like once you've embraced them, then and, and you, and you start to actually feel the benefits of living that way, then you look back at the way you were living and you were like, damn, like, why was I spending so much energy doing that? Like that is actually way harder than just being my real self. Okay, so, so I guess that's that's what my point was. It was kind of like so challenging is like how you take it in the mind, you know, and don't really apply like not that not the action, but like the thought of doing the action or what you should do or whatever, you know, how you should think. And what's hard is actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the physical. That's the like you know the challenging is the kinetic energy. You know what I'm saying? And the fucking doing the shit and making you know the, doing the hard shit is like. You mean actually not taking things personally, actually not like taking the action would be what you call hard. Yeah, yeah, I I guess, you know, yeah, for sure. Like the challenging is what you is how you see it, you know, because everybody's perception is different. One thing could be easy as fuck to somebody. One thing could be challenging. That's that's how you think that your skills are compared to what the task at hand. Like, well, the hard part is actually. Com- com- completing that task because the challenge, the challenging part is the mental and how you see the task and what's hard is like fucking doing some work you know and like proving that shit like how, how much challenging you think it is and how much challenge you've got in your fucking system you know right yeah I mean that's the fourth agreement man that's the fourth agreement is like you, you can't expect yourself to always be impeccable with your word because we've learned to not be, you know, you can't expect yeah. yourself to never take anything personally because that's literally what we were taught to do is take everything personally. Like you were saying earlier, like business is, you know, you to, in order to sell things to people, you have to make them feel a personal attachment to it. Yeah. Even like the law system, you know, like the justice system, they're trying to implement their laws by making, taking a space, like feel, Fucking you know, taking it personally and feel batting for going against what they say, you know? And then making assumptions, like that's a whole different level for me yeah. because I feel like that's natural, even just the just like taking things personally, I don't see that as natural. Like 
not being impeccable with your word, that's not natural. Like if you see a four-year-old kid who's just learned how to talk, like they're pretty impeccable with their word and they don't take, for the most part, they don't take things personally, you know, but making assumptions, like even when you first start learning a language, the thing, like once you have the ability, you make assumptions about everything that you don't know. I think that, that could be like a, um, like a personality trait that's passed down, you know, from family. I think it's like family, probably genetics, but like social, social, like, you know, skills or how they act, you know, true. What they, pass, what they pass down, like just not really like verbally, but like through their, what you pick up on as a, as a toddler when you're reading yeah, energies still. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, how to respond and what they think when they respond, you know, to give them a response. It's just like, you try to like play their game, you know, as a kid. Right. And that, but I, my point was that that, feel at least in this culture it feels very ingrained and it feels to me like the hardest challenge <laughs> um, oh, it, it totally is you know like even not just social media recently but like uh, media and like entertainment with entertainment business you know that they want you to feel something for their characters to watch that shit you know which is they want you to take something personally which is a, a, a kind of like a simple thing but it's still like they're attacking you know us in that 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 fucking agreement so hard all the time you know and like that's one i feel like that one that's a one okay to give up on like okay mr fucking hollywood i will enjoy your character for an hour and a half but i'm not trying to get, i don't need his autograph but when's the next movie coming out <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah awareness is is the key there because i think a lot of people use that type of stuff to they use it to, to not be aware they use it to like yeah be numb to their own mind <laughs> yeah for sure and just let, you know let just people just put their own shit in their brain and like just just function go along with everything and enjoy whatever they fucking put in front of your path with the best <clears throat> advertising you know right exactly it's like they're just like throwing shit at you and you just pick what to like line your fucking path with to like slow down and like give them money <laughs> when you can like you can make your own path you know for sure for you sure don't need any of that stuff like but um but it's definitely tough, man, and like I'm not, I don't think I will ever say that I don't ever take it personally, you know. But um, it's right. not for long, usually, you know. Like I'm working on it, and and but honestly, sometimes like I don't. But that's I don't that's know. what that was the point I was getting to is like the, the doing doing your best, man. Like after you, you already know, I've been saying like I've reread the the four agreements um, quite a few times, and when I read it recently. Like I always pick up something new and, and I have to say like I was sleeping on the fourth agreement because it sounds like even way more simple than it is, you know, yeah. like do your best, but that's, that's about action. That's, that's the one agreement that is about action. There's absolutely no way that you can do your best if you don't do first. Exactly. You know? so, like, exactly. Sometimes it might not be your best, but at least you're doing it. Right. But like, it's going to be, it's going to be a part, a part of the best you can, you know, like that's the thing, like do the best even though it's not the best even if it's not the best right but it's still like but if you're doing something it's better than not doing (laughs) yeah but also like towards the best like you can't have exactly if you're the best like you have to if you're doing your best then you're working toward the the best that you can be right yeah sure and like but there's no other option like you can't do your best if if you don't do first you know exactly this is like yeah man it's pretty important just like the you know, um, the same kind of like difference between like something that's hard and something that's fucking challenging. It's just 
right that's that's the difference between the fourth agreement and the first three is that's that's what the fourth one is and man it really like it hit the most recent time i read it i was like damn because it's (laughs) it it sounds like the easiest one when you just read the four agreements like and all you actually do is read the agreements like it sounds like do your best like duh you know but when you read what he really means by that it's like you if you're doing your best then you don't even have the energy to judge yourself for not doing your best. Exactly. If you're doing your best, then in that moment that you're doing your best, you're, you're not quote unquote thinking like the, the voice of knowledge is quiet because you're doing something. Exactly. Yes. And then like this, it's, but it's awesome, man. Like I feel like I do that a lot. Um, sometimes to a fault where like I'll just, I'll realize that I haven't taken anything personally. Like maybe sometimes in conversation or, and like we, the two of us get in a, in a total different place because like, you know, I'm not making these assumptions and the, the other person is. And, and like, I mean, I can usually just and get back to what, what they're talking about, but like, I'll, I'll, feel, I'll feel myself lost, you know, because like I'm, I've tried to like make it a, you know, like a instinct, you know, like just not letting the, any words affect me. And one, like one little thing, I think you mentioned you'd have a hard time with it, man. One little thing I did was, when I listen to somebody talk, you know, I, I try to listen to them, to them with full intent of like hearing that, you know, of what they're really trying to say. But when they bring up, start like the conversation with somebody else, I don't even listen, man. Like, I don't listen to them. I try to like hear the story, you know, because they're, they're not just like telling, like telling something real. They're telling like. They're, they're projecting their image of somebody else onto you. Yeah. But that's also influenced by their personal stuff. So like they're not telling the truth that's worth me like repeating. Right. Or well, it's even it's even more distorted than if they were telling you a story about them. That's already going to be distorted. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's about them, something they experience, like I listen because I care about them, and, it, and like I learn something about them. But if it's somebody else, I'm not. That's I'm not learning anything from that. You know. So like I, I, I try not to even listen. I just fucking hear the tone of the voice and like what they're talking about to try to like maybe get a small image of what might could actually have happened. You know. <clears throat> I think a better way of saying that is you don't believe anything that they're saying. You're still listening to them, but you, you just don't believe yeah. it. You don't believe it even at all. Like if you don't, you probably don't believe it when they're talking about themselves either, just because we've had these conversations before and I have a decent idea of how you think about things. But when it's, when they're talking about somebody else, it's like, that's, that's filtered. That's like double filtered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're talking so like, even if you were talking about your own experience, you would be distorting it because you're using words that I, we, we might have a vague agreement on their understanding, but we certainly don't, it's not a mirror reflection, you know? Yeah. But if you're talking about somebody else, then that's like, you know, a secondary character to me, and then it's a secondary character to you. So like a secondary character to me is talking about a secondary character to them. Like it's not, it's, there's no main characters going on in that story at all. Yeah, and like if, if I take if I take it in, it's like I'm letting it like affect my own perceptions, you know. You know so like it's like. Oh yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You don't want like, you don't want their perception to affect like your perception that you haven't even formed yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. But also, it doesn't really like usually ninety eight percent of the time it doesn't really matter like in the now, you know. Yeah. And if it if it does, then you can deal with it but it's not worth like wasting energy just like worrying about something that's just that's the challenging you know the hard part is just fucking doing it but like 
do something or just not and not worry about it. Like, don't waste your time just thinking about something. Just, I don't know. Thinking is great, but also like, you know, meditation is kind of the absence of thinking. You know, so maybe we need to start thinking less, man. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, Don Miguel says about. thinking is the voice of knowledge, which is really not the problem, but it it definitely you know it fogs. It, it keeps us from seeing what the problem is, which is our belief in lies, because the knowledge is infected with lies. Yeah. And it's so tough, man. Like, it's surrounding everything about us. You know, like we're talking about, it's our, it's our upbringing. Like, it's so like, instilled in us, you know? Absolutely. Even, even once you let it go, like, uh, like it just kind of swings back around because through other people, you know? Right. And, like, it's either you, you, you kind of have to deal with it sometimes and kind of, like, let, let the cycle, like, bounce around until like people are on the same page or people can like at least compromise or meet, you know, find the middle place, the middle ground, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, man, some people fucking play want to like, try, you know, but anyway, we got a long way from perfection, but all that was still perfect, dude. All the imperfection that we talked about was still fucking perfect. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, this a dub out. I want this song as my outro. Maybe start having like a, a some intro song. So think about it. It's pretty tight, but yeah. Flatbush Zombies facts. If you know about Go Mark Flatbush, just check them out. A lot of good shit. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to some energy from G and me. Uh, G, I love you, man. Appreciate you giving me this outro. This song is dope and like it hits, man. It hits. So, y'all out there, hopefully, you get to, you to hear this part. Hopefully, you check this song and you can let it hit because it, it does some work. It's tight. But yeah, man. Um, love you, G. Love you too, brother. I'm just going to let it play out, man. Do what? In the case of other drugs, man, check, check it out. Smoke and mirrors. All facts.
Thank you to everybody for listening. There is, uh, I'd like to remind everybody, a Google Sheet for feedback, questions, comments. Um, as I've mentioned several times, I want all my listeners to be participants in this community. And my ultimate goal is to take this virtual community and start a actual community. I'll expand on that in some further episodes, but don't expect it to be utopia. There will definitely be... Um, rules of engagement, um, politics, etc., that we have to deal with when we deal with each other, when we deal with making agreements, enforcing those agreements. Um, but I do believe that it can be done in a much better way than our culture is doing it. And we just need to have those conversations, the conversations that will allow us to organize in such a way where we can actually successfully make this vision happen. Um, anyhow, that's all I got. I love y'all. Uh, peace and love to everybody.